Hi there. Welcome back to Sunday School. I'm Mike Stedham. And welcome to Lent. This is the period of 40 days that we as Christians celebrate as we prepare ourselves for Easter, the Easter season, the time that we remember the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. And usually during the Lenten season, is a time of self-sacrifice. Now, some other faith traditions have a much more uh, ritualistic policy here concerning fasting, which is the topic of the day. They have uh, many more rules and regulations than we do. But then the Methodist Church, uh, as I understand it, as I've studied it, basically fasting is something that's totally voluntary. And it's also something that we get to decide how long it's going to be, what we're going to give up. Um, the question, what are you going to give up for Lent? A lot of people ask that question. But we don't have as many rules and regulations, again, as some faith traditions do. But in the Old Testament, the people had very strict rules about when and how they were going to fast. And we're going to look today at an episode in the book of Isaiah when the fasting was being carried out well, the way it was supposed to be, at least as far as the rituals and those kind of things go, the, the form was right, but there was something missing in that ritualistic practice. If we've learned anything in Sunday school over the years, it's not that, uh, is that what we do is oftentimes not as important as why we do things, how we do them is uh, not as important as why we do them. And that's sort of the rule on fasting here. At least it is for us today as 21st century Christians. Now, we're in the book of Isaiah, in the latter part of the book of Isaiah. We believe that the chapters we're looking at today were written after the Jews had returned from Babylonian captivity. Now, the first part of the book predicts the captivity and that God is going to allow the Babylonians to conquer the people. We have a section of the book that takes place during the captivity, the generation that basically is lost and uh, they're in Babylon and trying to figure out what's going to happen. And then the last part, the, the good part, uh, if you look at it from that respect, is they've returned to the land. But even after the remnant returns to Jerusalem and they start rebuilding the walls, rebuilding the temple. Not everything is hunky-dory, not at first at least. They face a lot of trials, they face a lot of problems as they try to regain just a little bit of the glory that they had had one time as the nation of Israel. And in today's passage, it's clear that they're trying to go back to their rituals, uh, the, particularly the ritual of fasting at this point, but it doesn't appear to be doing them much good. And that's what we're going to talk about. We're in the 58th chapter of Isaiah, and God is speaking directly to the people. Well, first he's going to be speaking to Isaiah to tell him to get the word out to the people uh, about the problem they're having. Verse 1, shout it aloud, do not hold back, raise your voice like a trumpet, Declare to my people their rebellion, and to the house of Jacob their sins. For day after day they seek me out. They seem eager to know my ways, as if, the, as if they were a nation that does what is right, and has not forsaken the commandments of its God. 
They ask me for just decisions, and they seem eager for God to come near them. So basically, it's clear there is a disconnect. There's, there's miscommunication. The people are reaching out to God. They're acting as though they're not doing anything wrong, and they're wondering why God's not listening to them. We're going to find out in just a moment that they actually are doing some things that they should not be doing. They're behaving in a way that is not consistent with God's plan for them. And, well, that's what uh, Isaiah is told to shout it out as though he were uh, a trumpet for God in this case. Well, God is going to first tell the people what he's heard from them, and then we're going to find out what his answer is. Verse 3 has to do with the people's complaint. Verse 3, Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves, and you have not noticed? So the people say, we're doing what you told us to do. You told us to give up this uh, food for a particular time in a particular way. We're doing it. How come it's not doing us any good? Uh, Sometimes in today's world, we try to follow the directions on something, maybe putting new software in our computer, and try as we might, we, we think we're following the directions, but it just doesn't work. And that can become very difficult for us. When, when the world isn't working the way we think it's supposed to work, that can be a very difficult situation to be in. Well, God has a pretty quick answer to the Hebrews and tells them why their fasting is not working. Yet on the day of your fasting... You do as you please, and exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife, and in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. So, uh, one thing that we might see here is that they're, they're doing the fasting right, but they're also still misbehaving in a lot of ways. The people who are in charge of the society are not being fair to the workers. They're they're exploiting people. They're not following the Ten Commandments. They're not doing what God tells them to do. In fact, they even get into quarrels and fights. Um, Today we have a word for this. When you're hungry and angry, well, you're hangry. And that sort of sounds like the situation that the people found themselves in. And God says this kind of fasting uh, you're following one ritual, right? But you're not changing the way you live. That's that's what you're supposed to be doing. In verse 5, continues to, to berate them. Is this the kind of fast I have chosen, only a day for a man to humble himself? Is it only the bowing one's head like a reed and for lying on sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? God is saying, this is not what I had in mind. I had in mind that you were supposed to be doing things other than just humbling yourself. The the act of fasting is to remind us uh, how dependent we are upon God for everything we have, especially uh, the vital things like food and water, and to be reminded that life is more important than these things that God has given us. That's what we're supposed to be getting out of it. But that's not what they were getting out of it. They were looking upon this as a way to kind of cover over their misbehavior. Look, if we can do this, then we can get away with something else. So now 
God is going to tell them how they are supposed to fast. Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked, to clothe him, and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. So he uses a rhetorical question here, the form of rhetorical questioning. Isn't this what fasting is supposed to mean? Isn't it supposed to lead you to good actions? When you're reminded how much you're dependent upon God, how much God has given you, aren't you supposed to turn around and then start doing good things? loosening the chains of people that are bound because of you, untying the cords of the yoke and set the oppressed free. You have this power. You have this ability as a society, he's telling the Hebrew people, and fasting should lead you to do this. And especially the next part, when he gets to the idea of sharing their food with the hungry to provide the poor wanderer with shelter. The Old Testament, uh, throughout the Old Testament, God has a very soft spot in God's heart for people who are wandering, who are lonely, who are drifting through life. These are the folks we're supposed to be taking care of. The naked, the people who don't have resources uh, and not turn away from your own flesh and blood. Jesus even refers to people like this when he's talking about uh, folks who are not living up to the commandment about honoring one's father and mother. There was a very specific reason why the Ten Commandments addresses this. In Hebrew society, they didn't have uh, Medicaid, Medicare. They didn't have the society safety net. Your family was your social security. Your family was your retirement plan. And people were actually holding back and not giving their retired parents, their feeble age uh, relatives, the things they needed to have. This is what it would had led to in some cases. And God, of course, is not pleased with that at all. There is, of course, a good side to this. And the lesson today ends with some good news, beginning with verse 8. Then your light will break forth like the dawn, and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. So God is saying, look, guys, if you do the things that I'm telling you to do, if you use fasting as a way to remind yourself of your obligation to others, and it leads you into good activity, good actions, then you're going to get the blessings that you are looking for. So again, as I said at the start, it's more why they are doing this as a way of serving God more than just following the how. They may get the rituals right. They may say the words right. They may get all of the various activities. They may go enough days or weeks without certain kinds of food that follow all those ritualistic things. That's good and, and fine. But if it doesn't change their hearts, if it only changes their bodies, specifically their stomachs, then it's not the kind of worship that God is looking for. And this is just one example. We, throughout the Hebrew Bible, we have God telling the people that basically it's not so much uh, 
how you're doing this that's giving me a problem. It's why you're doing it. And it's also the other things that you're leaving out. Uh, in this particular case, they were leaving out the compassion that human beings should feel while they're going through the fasting process. As I said, during the Lenten season, we as Methodists don't always choose to do the exact same kind of fasting that, again, some other faith traditions may lead people to do. But we certainly can be reminded at this time that there are a lot of people who are in need. There are a lot of people who today, just as there were 3,000 years ago, people that need our help. And that is what we should be thinking about. When we talk about preparations for Easter, it's not just hiding the Easter eggs and buying the ham and, and doing things like that. It's getting ourselves in the right place to be ready to listen to the story of Jesus, to be willing to listen to the story of his sacrifice, and then also, uh, as the book of Isaiah would suggest here, to do something about it. Let's have a word of prayer. Dear Father in heaven, thank you so much for the book of Isaiah, for the history of the Hebrew people, for people who tried and tried to get it right, just as we try and try to get it right. We also have problems. We also don't always live up to what we say we're supposed to be. And certainly, we miss out on a lot of the things that you want us to catch on to. Forgive us for that and help us to act upon our faith. In Christ's name, amen. <music>